Play the game. 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 Thank you all for gathering here on March 6th. It is time for us to show those in the Atlantic 10 in power that our voices will not be silenced. We must play the game. Play the game. Play the game. Play the game. We were robbed of an opportunity to beat George Washington by 40 points again. And this would keep us out of the bubble conversation if we do not get this win on our resume. And we are not the only team that needs to finish out the schedule because there is corruption going on in the Atlantic 10. Joining me right now is a normal enemy of mine, but here he is, Keith Dambra, a friend of mine today. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's great to be here. Uh, I just got to say, we're looking for a makeup game to lose. We need one. The A-10 didn't let us get to one in 17. It's ridiculous. Mark, because because that's what we wanted to do this year. We wanted to get to one in seventeen, and if that takes you beating us for a third time in a in a in a fifteenth time in a row, whatever it is, and you giving me a wedgie and a swirly after the game, then damn it, that's what I want to do. I want to play all eighteen games, and it doesn't matter what our win percentage is. It doesn't matter who I put on the floor. I could have LeBron come out there. Did you know I coached him, Mark? Did you know I coached LeBron yeah, James? Yeah, we 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 know. Oh, we, yeah, we, well, we know. I could have we, LeBron we know. come out, and in this this roster, damn it, this it's ridiculous. We'd still lose even if LeBron was out there. And I, you know, I coached LeBron. All right, all right, I enough, enough LeBron. about. I, I, enough I, about I, LeBron. I got enough. one more thing to say. I got one more thing to say. Damn it! I just got off a long shift at Cheers, and I got a lot to say. I want to know if you're aware of one thing. I coached LeBron James in high school. All right, all right, enough. I'm taking the mic from you before you say the N-word. Anyways, the A-10 Secretary of State, a so-called conference representative, won't let people checking tournament resumes see these schedules for fraud. Why? Without this, the whole season, it's very unfair and close to meaningless. Everyone knows that we would beat GW. Where is Ryan Paleo? Where are these schedules we need to stop this steal we need to count every game but also not count the games that count against us what wait hold on a second what's that tiebreakers oh apparently i've i've been told that we don't need to play this gw game anymore to get the double buy so uh I, I need y'all to no I I no shit where is everybody oh my god they're already storming they're already storming the Capitol one arena oh no oh god SB unfurled and friends episode forty no 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 please I'm gonna get banned from Twitter. Still alive.
welcome everybody to episode 40 of SB Unfurled and friends. Lilbon X here with SB Unfurled. We are doing our Atlantic 10 preview. We don't need to incite an insurrection and get a game played against GW at the last minute. We got the double bye with a win at home against Richmond on senior night. How are you feeling going into the tournament? We will, however, have a win surrection this weekend in Washington, yeah. D.C. Two ends, a win surrection. Uh, man, I, you know, I was at the Richmond game. It was awesome. Great, great atmosphere. Awesome environment, especially for the students not being there. Packed house, really energetic crowd. Um, the team played really, really well. Awesome to see Oshun back out there looking healthy. And then the postgame ceremony which I, of course, stayed for, was phenomenal. Uh, it was just a great, great night. Maybe the coolest night since, uh, well, you know, not... The, I'll say the coolest night in the RC since uh, that Hofstra game where we had all those guys back. Yes, I heard it might have been as loud as that day in the, in the been, Riley yeah. Center at some point. Yes, yeah. possibly. I, I think the students were at that one, so that one might have been louder. That was like early December um, but the town showed up, whatever town St. Bonaventure is in, you know, there's, <laughs> there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of debate about that, but this yeah, it was, no, it was awesome. by the way, I think because <laughs> Mike Corey was on, um, the a 10 talk spaces on Twitter, which is like a, you know, if, if for those who aren't aware, it's kind of like a, a live podcast type thing on Twitter. And he had to address the whole St. Bonaventure is an Aeolian controversy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think we're getting pretty close to this possibly getting addressed by Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand <laughs> and, and other New York representatives to kind of address this. Maybe there'll be some legislation passed to, yes. to make St. Bonaventure its own official town or city. <laughs> and he was asked who is where his favorite place to go on the A10 was. And he said Richmond. He likes going to Richmond. He's I think he might have said he went to school there. But then no, he went to he, UMass. Oh, he went to UMass. OK, well, yeah. I'm not sure why he, he said he has a like a close relationship with Richmond for some reason, the city, not the school. But um, in the next breath, he said, you know, next, I love going to St. Bonaventure. I love going to Olean. <laughs> um he said the people there are really friendly they love hoops it's you know all, all the usual stuff you hear but yeah that was that was cool yeah it was awesome but i think if you want to get into the game a little bit i, I think it was just enough of an oshun performance to get us through because he started getting better a little bit in the second half but the first half it was a little bit sluggish for him on defense i think more so than offense what did, what did you make of that? I thought he was moving pretty well in the uh, opening minutes. Um, he, I, We were counting down to his block record, which he did set, beating Caswell Cyrus. Um, yes. You really, I mean, you just see the difference. When, like when he comes out and when Koulibaly came in and Matt Grace was left wide oh. open on the perimeter several times, hit multiple threes, um, it's it's no surprise that VCU did to us what they did without Oshun and without a healthy uh, squad because, you know, Attaway and Quadri and I think I heard Lofton all dealing with a stomach bug that was going through campus, through the lacrosse team. Um, and, you know, they were getting like IVs and stuff. That game is kind of an outlier. We we got our asses kicked, but yeah. I'm not going. But we, to, we don't I'm not looking. I'm not. I'm not looking too much into it at all, just because of what it was. You know, Oshun 
I mean, that that VCU game alone might be Oshun's uh, best claim to A-10 player of the year, to be honest. Pretty much. Um, not, not that any, I, I'm, we can get into this later, but uh, I'm not sure if any Bonnies will get on first team. But yeah, uh, Richmond, I, I thought Oshun looked really good. I was wondering if it was just kind of like a, a formality. He was going to dress and come out so he could start on senior night and not really play much. But man, he was... He was the Ken Palm MVP of the game. Uh, yeah. You know, 16 points on eight of 12 shooting, uh, six rebounds, played 36 minutes. Like, uh, it, it was all you could ask. And um, it's going to be, I, I think it'll get tougher in the Atlantic 10 tournament. We can get into this also later because he's going to have a few tough matchups. I think uh, not that golden isn't a tough matchup, but since their freshman year, it seems like Oshun has gotten the better of, of Grant golden. And on top of that, it was nice to see Holmes uh, get some to go in. He got on a little roll and you could tell the crowd was really, really behind him. Just, you know, yeah. I think they felt his frustration of not, getting any to go lately or not being as efficient as he wants to be. And you could tell that they were just willing him to, to get it to the hoop, to get it, to see a couple go in and he had back-to-back layups, I think, and the crowd just erupted. I mean, the, the fans know how important he is critical. Really. He is to us going on a run in DC and hopefully beyond. Um, And, you know, if, if he plays like he did against Richmond, that's a huge, huge lift for us. And we're we're going to have to just get better shooting the three and defending the three, which has been a theme all season. But if Holmes can get going from deep, uh, I like our chances a lot, a lot more. Definitely. And I think we kind of focus sometimes on Jalen Attaway being out of position, but I think he's kind of used to where he plays now. Mm-hmm. My thing is I think Jaron Holmes actually has had to – feel like he's played out of position more not necessarily because he's out of position at the two but because he's being asked way more this year to be a point guard and an on-ball scorer and he did not necessarily thrive in that last season if you look back at that St. Joe's insurrection game since we keep Mm -hmm. referencing the insurrection (laughs) that game he went off and those are all mostly off-ball points and he's not necessarily the best at creating his own shot off the dribble. So mm-hmm. when he's asked to be the facilitator for Lofton, he kind of seems like he's either forcing up outside shots or trying to drive into the lane, and it's not an open lane for him to get into. So it's it's hard because he's being asked to do something that isn't normally in his skill set. He Now, he's been fairly good at giving assists, but sometimes the scoring has certainly been an issue. Yeah. And I think we clearly saw that he was able to turn that a little bit around on Friday. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, Welch had a little bit of an off night, which has been rare lately. I, I feel like he's really emerged. And uh, he, during that win streak, you know, he was he was very good uh, from three. And I'm not sure exactly what his numbers were from three during the win streak specifically, but he was shooting like one of the best shooters in the entire conference. Um, And we definitely needed that. So the fact that he did have an off game against Richmond, but Holmes stepped up to pick up some of, some of those misses. um, That was, that was really big because, you know, Lofton, Oshun, Attaway, those guys are just solid, consistent. You know what you're going to get almost every game. 
Um, and that's the nature of shoot, uh, being a three point shooter. You, you, some people are very streaky. Most people are. Uh, so just hope that Welch and Holmes can catch fire at the same time, like they did last February and last March, and even this November, um, as well, because that's, that's the ticket to win this whole thing. You got to be able to shoot and, you know, looking at some of the teams that might be in our path, uh, not only just defensively, but perimeter um, three-point shooting and three-point defense are going to just be th- – those are going to make or break this tournament for us. Yeah, I think so. I think we've gone away at times from the three-point game, and it's helped us out quite a bit. You look at even Friday night, four of 13 from three, that's that's not that much no. compared to like what most teams shoot. I mean, Richmond tried – 27 threes against us. Yeah. And they don't even have nearly the three point firepower that somebody like Davidson has, mm-hmm. or they don't have somebody like Gibson Jimerson for St. Louis who will just chuck 10, 12 threes a game. Yeah. Like that's still crazy. That, like 13 point, 13, three point attempts in a game is nothing in today's day and age. So it's, it can be our game when it's on, but I think it needs to be a quick switch where it's like, if it's not, if it's not going to be hitting, they need to attack the paint more. Hopefully, you know, Oshun gets another week of rest on that ankle and can be a mm-hmm. little more aggressive down low, at least throughout the whole game, instead of, you know, some spurts where he was. And uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay Oshun's performance. I mean, he had 16 points on an injured ankle, like, and it was MVP of the game, according to Kempom. That's so awesome. But I did see, I did see where he was a little slower. And, yeah. I think that you can get away with that a little more against Richmond because Richmond does play a slow style, but that yep. may not be the case against Davidson or or even St. Louis. St. Louis has the best offense, you know, at least by the uh, the counting numbers of, of right. stats for offense. Like they, they have a really good offense and they also play a little faster than Richmond. So, right. But we don't have to worry about that, hopefully, because if – that game was any indication another week of rest should hopefully get Oshun on the right track. We alluded to it a little bit with that VCU debacle. I was a good American and watched the State of the Union instead of watching St. Bonaventure basketball because I would never I would I have to do my civic service. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously though, like I would have rather watched the State of the Union than <laughs> than that game. Yeah. I don't think rough. it really told us anything about either team. No. But uh, no. Uh, I guess I guess my my larger point is, what do you think? What do you what do you think Oshun is going to be able to give us going down the stretch here? Well, I, I'm looking at specifically who we might be matched up against. Uh, St. Louis, they rotate those two big physical fives out there: Francis Okoro and Martin Linson. These guys are both really really good players. Top. 20 top 25 players in the entire conference perhaps um okoro certainly has played like it this year those two just rotate in they i'm not sure exactly their minutes per game but it seems like it's almost a a timeshare 2020 split when they're on the floor they're always fresh and that's difficult because oshun as you know isn't gonna really come out of the game unless there's foul trouble so um Important substitutions for Schmidt right around maybe the 12, under 12 minute mark. Make 
Make sure you get Oshun um, some good rest around media timeouts. Keep him fresh because St. Louis is just going to throw those big physical guys down there. Really good rebounders. They're going to try to get him in foul trouble, and he has to stay out of foul trouble. Um, so I, I, he did very well against those guys. It, both games this year and especially um, last year in the tournament. And they had French as well last season. That was one yeah. of his best games I can remember. He was just swatting everything. Um, and he, he's such a big difference maker. But uh, looking, I hate looking ahead, but like that's just the nature of brackets. So you have those two really good big men. And then if you do make it to the semifinals, you're probably playing Davidson. And they have a guy who a lot of people are are saying probably is the front runner for Atlantic 10 player of the year in Luka Brajkovic. Um, he's okay defensively, not great at all, but offensively he has just been phenomenal. Uh, he's probably the best player on the best team in the conference, and he has really won them uh, a lot of games. And anytime that offense breaks down, they run all those screens and just such a crisp motion offense. But if – they end up somehow not getting a shot that they want. They can just dump it down to him, and he's been really, really good in that role. So it, it looks like uh, several tough, difficult matchups for Oshun, but I think he's going to be back to fully healthy, and uh, I, I would never count this entire group out in a tournament scenario. This I tweeted this last week. but Yeah, I was going to say the stat. Go ahead and say the stat. <laughs> In tournament games, uh, dating back to the 2019 Atlantic 10 tournament, when these guys were freshmen, they went even to the championship. That, even before that, the uh, well, the, bo- the Boca bef- Bobby tournament, right? That was after. Well, that was after. That was 2020. The, the 2019 uh, multi-team event was an absolute disaster, and we were super injured, and you can't read much into it. It's one of Lofton's first games right. of his entire career. Welch was hurt. I think Griffin was hurt. We were starting like Chef and Galakalandi and Nelson <laughs> Caputo and literally starting those guys. Uh, so I'm not reading too much into that, but Came when we've had a full team, yeah, when we've had a full team, this team is 11-2 and two in tournament games, and that's so impressive because in tournaments – you're playing almost always really, really good teams. Right. So if you average out like the the opponent, the average rank of the opponents is probably like an average of a top 100 team, and they're 11 and two in those games, two and one in the 2019 A10 tournament. They went all the way to the championship. By the way, this class, every Atlantic 10 championship there has been since they were freshmen, they have been in. Um, there you go. Three and zero in Boca with Boca Bobby. 3 and 0 in the 2021 Atlantic 10 tournament. Do you remember that one? 2 and 0 Boca Bobby. It was 2 and 0. 2 and 0, okay. And then 0 and 1 uh in the NCAA tournament and then 3 and 0 in Charleston. These guys really step up in tournament scenarios, so I I would not count them out. No, I wouldn't either. I think they've kind of had that mindset where ever since the Virginia Tech loss, it was going to come down to DC. As much as we like to hash out the at-large bids and who's going to be where and, oh, does Lenardi have us as the next four out or whatever? The players don't give a shit about that because they don't want to leave that up to the to the committee because the committee is very, 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 very corrupt as we've talked ad nauseum about, but they just want to win three games in three days. And yeah. 
I have said it before on here. I thought if we played four games or if we didn't get this double buy, we had no chance. Mm-hmm. I don't care if we had to, you know, play a oh, tired LaSalle team after a double overtime slot fest against St. Joe's. Like I did not like our chances playing winning four games in four days. No. Fortunately, we won't have to see if that was true or not because we only got three games in three days. So that's that's a good that's a good case. So um I guess do you want to get into these these possible opponents some more or is there anything yeah. else that you want to touch on with the Richmond game? I mean, I, I do remember um, I wanted to talk to you about the senior night celebration. I thought this was awesome. I didn't see it because I, you know, kind of unplugged immediately after the game. But apparently most apparently we celebrated senior night after the game, whereas almost every school every time does senior night before the game but it seems like the school made the right call because they wanted to keep the celebration for after the game and keep the focus on the really 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 important game because as you saw we needed to win that game to get the double bye because st louis ended up beating vcu yeah so uh, you were actually in the arena you actually got to see all the senior night events live can you can you tell us about how it happened for those of us who weren't there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, first, if Oshun isn't okay and good to go, and if he's not, you know, 85, 90%, we don't we don't have a double buy right now. Um nope. if that ankle injury is as bad as it looked, we do we're we're in fifth place. Um there's no chance we win that game without him. Uh and, and I agree. Like I was happy that they waited till after the game because we won. Had we have lost, we may have had a weird like Coach K scenario um, <laughs> where they lose and he has to like come out and he looks miserable during his entire ceremony. He's just I sitting missed there, it. Like, oh, he's sitting I missed there, that. They have. I mean, it was. I, I'm no North Carolina fan. I hate both teams. Uh, yeah. My God, it was funny. Like, oh, <laughs> it was such a build up, which they did cut away from the huge VCU St. Louis game a little early to get to like show Shane Battier, like clapping for <laughs> coach K it's like, I mean the, it was a unbelievable suck fest. It was, oh. the, it was the most insufferable broadcast I have ever seen in college basketball. I wish I uh, sat through it though. In hindsight, I mean, I, I was, deliberately was like, <laughs> I do not want to watch the coach K fellatio day on ESPN. Uh, I would have sat through four hours of that to see the live payoff. Like I heard about it afterwards and as funny as it is to me, it's like nothing compares to if you were watching that nonsense happen live and watching UNC run them out of their own gym on the coach K final game, fellatio game as I like to call it. They had like a hundred ex players, Jerry Seinfeld, Adam Silver, all these (laughs) celebrities. It was packed. It was great energy. And then they gave up 94 points and Coach K came out looking as miserable as ever, pissed off, had to sit through this entire thing, didn't want to be there. Losing your final home game as a legendary coach. What's the deal with that? He came out and was like, it was unacceptable. He was so pissed (laughs) off at center court, like scolding the fans who were um he was like apologizing to the fans and the fans started being like no it's okay and he goes no be quiet be quiet <laughs> unacceptable and this was like his celebration it was unbelievable like if they would have won i would have turned it off but they it was a train wreck i could not look away it was so funny but um oh man because that's like <laughs> i feel like that's like 50 times worse than any of the 
A10 Twitter shit posts events that we've had, like when uh, LaSalle just came back and beat Dayton a few weeks ago. Like everybody was getting on Dayton, but that's nothing compared mm-hmm. to Coach K losing his final home game to UNC. <laughs> Like that UNC team, like they're probably not going to win the NCAA tournament, but they're at this point, they're a lock in the tournament. Yeah. But their fans are still running around campus, like celebrating that because they should not because it's like a big win for them, but because it's like, ha ha, fuck you, coach K. Yeah. Spoiled it. I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, as far as the Bono one, I, yeah, Usually there's a couple seniors on a team at most, maybe like three or four. Uh, usually one or two might be like role guys. So you're really there to celebrate one or two really good players that you've seen. Um, right. This one was so different. You, you can't cram it in before. You can't cram it in at halftime. Uh, doing it after was really good. Most of the fans stayed. And the the best part to me, honestly, was they had like, Family members and friends send in congratulations videos that they showed up on the the jumbotron. So all all these guys' families and friends were giving them really heartfelt congratulations, and uh, it was really cool. I not gonna lie, got kind of teary eyed during Jalen Attaway's grandfather's speech. That was awesome. That was like the first one, so it really just hit you right away. Uh, It was cool. They were just having they were having uh, a good time, but it, you, very emotional as well. And fans chanting one more year. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. It was a, it was a really, really nice ceremony. Um, and other than that, like just good to see uh, all these guys, families come back and support them. And then, you know, Schmidt talking, Jaron Holmes addressing the audience, uh, Lofton and Oshun running around celebrating like it was it was really nice that's great so did I guess what got the biggest reaction from people after the game because I haven't seen this video anywhere I've just kind of seen you know some of the pictures of of everybody after the game is is it is it available anywhere I have to imagine somewhere did I don't know if Bob put it up on their YouTube channel maybe yeah, let me see. Um, but maybe I feel like that's something they'll put it up at some point. But like, what, what kind of got the best reaction yeah. from people? Um, that's tough. I, I think Oshun and Lofton getting announced, and then probably it is like, on YouTube. By the way, is it? They have a they have a regular like the regular version of it, and then they also have like a vis- a senior day visual recap. Yeah. So one of their more dramatic like videos that they've cut so they mm-hmm. just put that up they put up it, one of them on sunday one of them on monday so it's go, tough I have to check that out after this <laughs> it wasn't the type of ceremony where people were like screaming and yelling and there's big pops and in, in the crowd and stuff it was more just like sitting or standing and watching all the stuff that was on the jumbotron and then clapping after i, I think it wasn't like there was one moment where the crowd exploded schmidt had a couple funny lines and um you know, alluded to the possibility that they're not done. That got a good reaction. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the another thing, if if any of our listeners are into recruiting, uh, Ephraim Budda Johnson was in the crowd, had a good visit. He, you can't ask for a better scenario to visit for. Just an awesome game atmosphere, really getting the family feel, um, the ceremony after. You saw 
him come down from the crowd. He was on the court for the ceremony. Right. I expect a commitment from him pretty soon. That was really cool for him to see. Nice. Uh, and yeah, that over it, you know, from beginning to end, it was just a really, really good job. That's wonderful. So I guess, I guess just, are there any other takeaways that you had from being in there? Because it, it was just really cool to see like all the pictures afterwards and, and just, you know, it's, it's a really, it's more than just like one or two seniors. Like you mentioned before, mm-hmm. this is an entire crew that has been together. They've grown up together from start to finish from yeah. really terrible, terrible play at the very beginning A four and 10 season, I believe was that, that beginning of the season where they ended up going from four and 10 to make, being a three pointer yeah. away from the NCAA tournament to now being a team that got ranked 16 at one point that mm-hmm. won the conference tournament and the regular season title last season and is now, you know, not the favorite, but would, I would put them up highly as one of the favorites to win the a 10 again. So like, I guess yep. just, is there any final thoughts that you have on it? Uh, other than what I said, I I don't know. I, I just thought the the personal videos for each guy each guy were really nice touches. Uh, other than that, you know, nothing nothing that I haven't mentioned. Just a a great night, you know. It's awesome. Well, like yeah. we said, go ahead and check those out on YouTube. Uh, Gobani's TV on YouTube. They have them both up. If you if you're like me and you you unfortunately missed them because you weren't there live. But let's switch gears. It wasn't just a farewell. That was a thank you, not a farewell, because this isn't over yet. This is not over yet by any stretch of the imagination. We are the four seed in the Atlantic 10 tournament, if you haven't heard, which would be surprising to me as to why you would be listening to this podcast if you didn't already know that. But four seed playing either St. Louis, LaSalle, or St. Joe's. Do you want to break down St. Louis yet, or do you want to get into my my hot take of the tournament oh let's hear a hot take let's go for it i tweeted it out monday morning but we're gonna go with it again i don't know which game it'll be i'm leaning possibly towards rhode island over richmond but one of the two pillow fighters will win this and i almost always say hey they never get to friday they never get to friday one of the pillow fighters will win on thursday they will either st louis or richmond will lose and I think LaSalle is going to beat St. Joe's. I think I think Clifton Moore has been really good for them lately. I don't buy into all the Jordan Hall hype. I never mm-hmm. have. I just don't see it. I think they probably should have beaten us on the road. I think yes. we got lucky yeah. there. Yeah. Fortunately. <laughs> yeah. I I just I like LaSalle's chances to beat St. Joe's. I don't know how you feel about want to break down that matchup at all, but how I, do you I, well, how do you like LaSalle's chances then to beat St. Louis? Because that's really what we, what's, you know. Well, that would be true. I, I think LaSalle, like I said with Clifton Moore, I think he's had such an underrated season this year mm-hmm. that could help, you know, LaSalle hang with St. Louis down low. Other than that, like St. LaSalle does have the three-point firepower. Like they have some good three-point shooters on that team. Um, you know, with Jameer Brickus, especially, and, you know, even, even Josh Nickelberry is able to step out and shoot for them. Should get the gold guys on the gold boys on here to talk more yeah. about LaSalle. But I think they're, I think they got a shot. I, I don't, th- I think St. Louis goes through too many lulls on offense. I think 
I didn't watch the St. Louis VCU game, but I can just see it at the stats. They were up 17 at one point and only won by four. It kind of reminds me of our first game against them when they were out to a 10-point lead and then just completely fell off the face of the earth for the next you know three halves that we played against them. I just... I see too many lulls out of them. I, th- I think I think they're ripe for the picking, whether it's LaSalle or St. Joe's, because I, I think St. Joe's could get them too. But I, I'm taking LaSalle in that in that pillow fighter game. Not enough to put him in your uh, in your survivor pool, but <laughs> I am taking I am taking LaSalle in that one. So is do well, you have anything to to give me on uh, LaSalle or St. Joe's versus St. Louis? All I'll say is St. Louis played LaSalle twice this season and they won by a combined 44 points. Hey, you know what? <laughs> that goal of magic might go down to DC. The goal I also of, the, heard the, the chlorine, that chlorine in the smoke machine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It could curse, <laughs> curse Travis Ford. Who knows? Uh, I did hear, you know, Clifton Moore might be injured right now. I know Taylor Funk is out for the rest of the season. So not only are those teams in the pillow fight, but they are also not, you know, not, they don't have their, maybe their best players. Uh, So that'll be a lot more difficult. looks like Clifton Moore played 15 minutes against Duquesne. I, I'm not sure. I think he may have gone down with an injury in that game. So we'll see if he's available. Otherwise I, I don't see any way St. Louis loses to one of these teams. I love your optimism. I am hoping like hell that it happens, but I'm, oh, not, I'm not worried about St. Louis. I'm not trying to pick this because I'm like, Oh, I don't want to play oh, St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I think both of the, I, I don't, I don't think St. Louis has been that great for the second half of the year. I really don't. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I think they're vulnerable. Now I do think Richmond over Rhode, or Rhode Island over Richmond is more likely though. I will say that. And Duquesne's not in this conversation. If Duquesne somehow <laughs> beats Rhode Island, I, I, I don't even know what I would do. Like yeah. that, I think that would be more unbelievable. I think I'd, I'd be more surprised if Duquesne beat Rhode Island than if LaSalle won a 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> <laughs> then they won the whole thing. I think yeah. Rhode Island matches up okay against Richmond, but I want Richmond to win that because I think Richmond VCU for a third time in the quarterfinals is that's a really dangerous position for VCU. Um, and that's a huge rivalry. And at that point, like, when these Richmond guys, you know, how long they've been there, they are absolutely capable of beating VCU. If, B- if VCU, you know, presses a little too hard, I, Gilliard's been phenomenal this year. He takes care of the ball. Um, he knows and understands. They all understand and are familiar with this VCU defense. That's a tricky spot for VCU to be in. If they did lose that game, they're not making the NCAA tournament. So that comes into play as well. A lot of really interesting matchups, especially once you get to Friday. Uh, but, you know, I I do think Rhodey could knock off Richmond. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you. They are big and physical inside. I don't like their perimeter guys too much. Their guards and wings haven't been great. But the Mitchell Twins have been good, and Richmond can be a little soft. So we'll see about that. I think exactly. there is something to say about getting your feet wet in the gym, getting comfortable, getting a game under your belt. Teams do play pretty well on the you know their second game in two days. It's when you're on your third game in three days that seems like you know your your legs really do catch up to you. I and will before, say in prior years, I've just I just want to say in prior years, yeah, I've seen other people make the same pick when I'm like, no, all four pillow fight teams are garbage. And I pointed out the fact that 
a pillow fight team has never made it to Friday. So that's why huh. I'm going out on the limb and saying this. I, nice. I really, I really believe in the other three. I don't believe in Duquesne. I think I don't know. Duquesne's no. the like, I don't know if Duquesne would even win the D2 title. <laughs> I will say overall, this season and this tournament is reminding me more and more of 10 years ago in 2012, yeah. because going into that season, we had aspirations of making a deep March run. We thought we were good enough. We really knew we were good enough to be a tournament team. We had the best player that Bonas has had since Bob Lanier and Andrew Nicholson. And going into that A-10 tournament, not only were we not in the at-large discussion, we probably weren't even going to be going to be an NIT team in 2012. Um, it We needed to win all three games in three days in Atlantic city to have those, uh, you know, those hopes remain and become uh, a reality. And if you look back and we don't win in 2012 and Andrew Nicholson was here for four years and didn't get to play in one tournament game, that would have been, that wouldn't have been good. Like it, it was huge that we won that tournament and this season has a little bit of that to it i think especially like we're the four seed again um temple if you remember was the one seed in 2012 they were ranked and that but they got upset by umass who was an eight seed and that really opened up the bracket for us because then we beat umass we didn't have to play a, a 21st nationally ranked temple team right um so having said that fordham uh Fordham's fordham george mason fordham, i think that's going to trey be a woodall, fun game trey woodall <laughs> upset Davidson for us so we can play against you uh on that would be Saturday well let's go, um, let's get into that because I mean I, I think we've kind of talked about St. Louis enough I think we you know we know what it is with them it's you know big guys down low Gibson Jimerson is shooting mm-hmm. well and then Yuri Collins has been has taken a step up I think this over yeah. the course of this whole season but I still would rather have Lofton than him even though you know even though Yuri is leading the country in assists, I think that's just because Lofton has to score more. So mm-hmm. getting into that. He also attention. leads the country in turnovers, I think. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. He turns it over a hell of a lot. He does lot. turn over a lot, though. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, getting into that possible Saturday matchup. Davidson, George Mason, Fordham. I mean, I, I don't think Davidson slips up there. I, I do think if they play George Mason though that'll be a nail biter, but I don't think I don't think Fordham has the firepower to hang with them on offense. So, do you want to just get into Davidson? Do you want to explore yeah. the possibility of a Mason over Fordham upset or Mason um, over? Um, I, no, that's right, Mason over Fordham upset. Fordham's the higher yeah. seed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> no, Mason over um, Mason over Davidson. Yeah, I agree. Fordham doesn't maybe have the offensive firepower, but they're a top, I think a top 50 defense, according to Ken Palm. Um, They play good defense. They had that Antonio Day Jr. transfer who was really good. Um, He transferred out of the program though. If they still had him, uh, maybe, but I'm not sure Sure. if they have enough, but Mason for an eight and eight team, like they, they have shown spurts of being able to one of them was against us unfortunately of being able mm-hmm. to knock off really good teams they have 
one of the best players in the league, probably maybe the best offensive big man in the league and Josh Oduro. So if it's Mason versus Davidson, you're looking at a matchup inside of two of the best offensive big men in the league, probably. I mean, they've, they've fallen on some hard times, but if you look at the first half of their season, they won at Maryland. They, they won handedly at Georgia. I know Georgia's kind of crappy, but you know, that's a road game against an SEC team. That's always significant. They hung tight at Kansas on very short notice. They mm-hmm. beat Dayton. They beat us. Yeah. They beat Richmond in overtime. Like they yeah. they have some they have some ability to do this. I I don't think it's going to happen, but if it were going to happen, it would be because of Josh Oduro. I I yeah. think Josh Oduro is better than Brekovich. So that's yeah. why I wouldn't be surprised by it. I think Dayton, I know we're talking about Davidson, but Dayton has a much, much easier path than Davidson. Like Dayton, oh my God, Dayton, has, play... a tri- Dayton has a triple buy. Dayton yeah. has a triple buy. You got to play the winner. George Washington's GW a nice guy. story, and I'm glad that Jamie and Christian probably saved his job this season because <laughs> he's a really he's just such a lovable guy. Uh, but whoever wins that George Mace, George Washington UMass game, yeah, yeah. they are they are getting um, they're getting cooked by Dayton. Yeah, I'm glad. I would, I'm glad I'm going to be traveling during that George Washington UMass game because I don't. I don't really need to see what happens there. Right. Yeah, I don't think Dayton has much to worry about until Saturday. But Davidson, however, I agree. Like they, there, there is a a plucky eight nine game there. If Mason does win, they have good players. The they have one of the best players in. I, I do these ratings. Uh, I think they're extremely accurate. I think they're the best ratings, individual player ratings that you'll find, the most accurate. Odoro is second in the entire conference behind Vince Williams. And then the next three are all Davidson. Um, but if you're looking at like the top 20 players in the conference, Schwartz for George Mason and Gaines have both been really good. Oduro's been awesome down low. And then they have Cooper, who's a, a really good player as well. Mason has the guys to upset Davidson. Like they, they could be yeah. that UMass to Temple upset to open up the bracket that we need. Um, and that would be huge because, you know, three point defense is not our strength whatsoever. And Davidson is, you know, I, I think we got a pretty tough draw for being the four seed. All right, enough of exploring the the possibilities and fantasies. Like chalk prevailing is going to be Davidson. How do we turn the tables? Because yes, it was a tight game at the very end, but Davidson let us get back in that game. They were in control of that whole game. How does how does this change? How, how do how do we stop the narrative of? them just drilling a bunch of three pointers. They were 12 to 28 against us in the Riley center. Mm-hmm. You go back to 2018. We lost to them in the same building at the house that Ovechkin built. Or I guess Michael Jordan built it back when he was on the wizards. But <laughs> either way, whatever house that is MCI arena, whatever the hell capital one arena. <laughs> yeah. That place we lost to them in 2018. What do you think has to happen? Is it going to be Lofton shutting down a, uh, a slightly injured foster lawyer. Is it Oshun taking over against Breakovich? What do you think is going to happen? I think it, I think Dom Welch's defense is going to be a lot more. Well, maybe not a lot more, but as important as his offense, like his perimeter defense, as well as Adaways is going to be huge in that game. I'm thinking back to last season when we swept them back to back games, 
we had the same team. They had pretty much the same team, although they had Kellen Grady, who is very good as well. Um, yeah. But our defense was really, really good. And I feel like Attaway and Welch, especially on the perimeter against guys like Hyung Jung Lee and against uh, Nelsie Bochi Yidam, I thought those guys were awesome playing defense. So it's going to be tough. Like I was thinking over the weekend, would we rather have a tired offense against VCU's defense or would we rather have a tired defense against Davidson's offense? Chasing them around the perimeter is absolutely, it's exhausting even just to watch it. Um, They just never stop moving, never stop setting screens. I'm not, after watching Oshun on Friday, I'm not really as worried about Brekovic. He will get his, he will probably play very well, but I think Oshun will offset him. I think Lofton is going to go into, um, you know, stubborn, spiteful mode and like, cause Foster Mm -hmm. lawyer got the better of him. I think when they came here, he had 21 points. Uh, He was very good. Lofton had 19. He played well too, but Lofton's the type of guy who I feel like is going to hold a grudge and a spite. And he, I think he's really going to lock down on lawyer. Hopefully if we, if we get there, you know, of course, um, but, right. you know, they, they got guys all over the floor and Hyung Jung Lee, who we have barely mentioned and Michael Jones, who we have barely mentioned, like Michael Jones had 17 points against us. He's a really, really good shooter. They just got those guys all over the floor yet again. Um, so, really really slowing the pace down uh and and getting or you know maybe even the opposite if the game if we get out to a cold start or something maybe speeding them up helps um i'm not sure we'll have to see how the first four to eight minutes go against st louis and against uh davidson and see how we can adjust do we go to zone um because that's worked in, in certain situations, but I think Welch and Attaway's perimeter defense and of course, you know, Holmes out there as well on the perimeter, that's going to be huge for us. Uh, I, I don't see it being a, a very low scoring game. Like it was last year, probably going to be up in the mid seventies. Uh, I think against St. Louis, maybe we could see it in the, in the high sixties, but whoever Davidson plays there, I, I remember in the last 10 minutes when they came here, they scored like almost 30 points in just the last 10 minutes. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure if that was us getting kind of tired legs or what, but uh, it's it's going to be tough. I think we got we have a couple tough matchups if we are to win on Friday. Um, it's not going to get any easier at all. No, not even if we had to play George Mason because we were down by like 18 points against them at one point. But getting back to Davidson, I think it does come down to Oshun versus Brekovic because the one thing that Brekovic has in his favor is he is able to hit from outside mm-hmm. and he can either, you know, actually hit those threes or facilitate and get somebody open down low. Now, if I were Davidson, I wouldn't shoot a single two pointer against the Bonnies. Still, I still maintain <laughs> that. Like, yeah, Davidson should be trying to absolutely torch us from deep all yes. four of their main shooters from deep. And, you know, it's just going to come down to that. I, th- I think if if Brekovic is as good as everybody is hyping him up to be, which I I don't see the transcendent step that he's taken that like all of a sudden he's just like consensus conference player of the year. I personally don't get it, but that's that's just me. He's still very good, and and Oshun will stop to lock him down. But yeah, I think other than that, it's just going to be pr- general perimeter defense by everybody, not just Welch. I think all four players. Uh, 
well, really all five players if you count Breakovich. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I think it's really just going to come down to that perimeter defense. Yeah, and same thing against St. Louis too. Like I, I said when we played them in those back-to-back games that Welch and Jimerson – that was the big matchup I wanted to watch. See how Welch defended Jimerson on the wing because Jimerson's that guy for St. Louis who can really get going. Um, and Davidson has about four or five of those guys. So uh, right. it's, yeah, I'm going to be watching, you know, the the rotations on defense. Uh, how is Oshun looking? Is he still, is he looking a little bit, you know, slow with the ankle or is he back to a hundred percent? Because, if he's even at 90, 85, 90% still, Brekovic can probably take advantage of that. But, um, you know, and, and that's that would be after, hopefully, a win over St. Louis, who's really going to get physical down low, and they're they're going to bully guys down low if they can. So it's going to be a really physical game for Oshun on Friday. Hopefully he can get through it, and, you know, hopefully there's no hiccups or that, that thing's not sore if we hopefully win Friday. Um, on Saturday because we definitely need him down low against Brekovic if it gets yeah. there. Yeah, I think so. Anything else you want to touch, touch on in a possible Saturday matchup? Uh, you know, if, if you think Trey Woodall I, is going to get Fordham to Saturday, <laughs> that would be incredible just, just I have, in general. <laughs> I just have like one thing to say about St. Louis and one thing to say about Davidson. I'll say with St. Louis, I don't think there is a team – in the conference, maybe even the country that Travis Ford wants to beat more than the Bonnies. <laughs> I really don't. We knocked him. We ended a season last year. We just Kill swept him. him this year. He was furious in the Riley Center. He hates our team. He, there is not a team in the country that Travis Ford wants to beat more than he wants to beat St. Bonaventure. And he was going to let those guys know that. Um, and usually in these tournaments, the refs let the boys play a little bit. I think it's going to be a really, really physical, chippy game. With Davidson, this has nothing to do with the Bonnies. I have my hot take. If Davidson gets to the NCAA tournament in that 8-9 spot, which they very well could if they win a, a couple games in D.C., hot take, Davidson will upset a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Oh, I don't agree with that. I don't Wait I don't buy it. this Davidson team that much, really. I really don't. I don't think I, think they I don't will. think they're gonna win the tournament, even with Bonnie's notwithstanding. I like Dayton's chances better. I don't I think it I think they'll probably make the tournament because they have enough of a good resume. I think they're one and done. I really don't I don't see it. I don't think their game will translate well. I think you'll see some teams with bigger perimeter guys that can, you know, lock them down a bit, more athletic guys that can lock them down a bit. And I think because they try to pay, play too fast, that's really problematic when it comes to beating teams that are either higher ranked than you or are just, you know, it's easier to it's easier to upset a team playing slower than faster is basically the gist of it. That's why I think Dayton, I think us, I think VCU to some extent are built mm-hmm. more in that mold. I think Davidson, if they get a favorable matchup, absolutely can shoot the lights out against some bad defensive team. But other than that, I don't really, I don't buy Davidson's chances in the NCAA tournament that much. That's why it's a hot take, I guess. I, I just think I guess like, so. <laughs> um, I think on those second day, the second game in the same weekend, like 
in the NCAA tournament, you play Thursday and then you play Saturday or you play Friday and then Sunday. So say Davidson is in an 8-9 game on a Thursday and they win. And then it's Saturday they play. They would play a one seed. Um, that's only like 24 hours or so really to prepare for that offense, which is just impossible to do. And I think in some of the teams you see go on runs in the NCAA tournament are teams that are really tough to prepare for. It's like what Syracuse does every year for some reason. Uh. Three zone is it's kind of, it's not, I won't call it gimmicky, but in a way it kind of is. And that teams just aren't like used to it. And that is what VCU did when they went to the final four that havoc defense teams aren't used to that. Um, I think Davidson, those are defensive examples, but Davidson on the offensive end is extremely difficult to prepare for Schmidt and our guys are really familiar with it. So it's not as difficult and same with all the other a 10 teams. But if you get in there, I, if don't get me wrong, if it's Gonzaga, I will say Gonzaga will be Davidson, (laughs) but if it's one of these, like, you know, P five teams that isn't, you know, necessarily used to that maybe style, that's going to be tough to prepare for. And, if they go lights out, um, I think they can do it. Like if I, I don't know that, I guess that's why it's a hot take. I could see it happening. I'm not, you know, chances are maybe they'll just get a ten seed anyway, and it won't matter. But uh, yeah, if, if they do it, I could, I could definitely see them going to the second weekend. Well, we'll see what happens. Cause I think they're fine unless they unless they lose the Mason, then it's going to be really sweaty for them. But mm-hmm. other than that. Second half of the bracket, if we make it to Sunday, it would be our third straight A-10 conference title game appearance. Going yes. back to 2019, it's pretty much wide open. VCU and Dayton are obviously the two favorites to come out of there. I'm just going to leave it wide open. What do you think of if we made it to Sunday? If the Bonnies get to Sunday, they will win the championship. That's what I think about it. Oh, oh, I, I just, these guys aren't. I get it. Dayton would also be playing for their tournament lives. VC would also be playing for their tournament lives. But man, if we go on a roll and actually get to Sunday, I would not bet against the Bonnies whatsoever. I agree. Um, I don't. I, I mean, obviously, I agree because I'm biased. But <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I don't. But I don't yeah. fear Dayton or VCU be based on our two road losses to them. VCU no. we dominated at home, and if you looked at how we lost to them last week it was a layup line it was a layup line yeah you can't even exactly without oshun and with our guys sick you can't even look at it and if you look at dayton yes they had those q those weird q4 losses i ignore those at dayton those are just those are just so weird but if you other than that if you look at dayton they're so drastically different at home compared to on the road Mm -hmm. they're just like you, uh, I and I think skim- that's that's normal for teams that are really really young. Dayton's sure. one of the least experienced teams in the country, and that makes sense. Like I can skim through their schedule. Okay, they they crushed GW and Duquesne on the road. Big deal there. They lost a turd game at George Mason. They only put up forty nine points. That was an ugly one. Yeah. They. All right, well, they beat VCU by 30 on the road. I don't know how the hell that happened. That was what a the weird hell was game. VCU doing that day? But then they lost to St. Louis on the road. They barely squeaked by Rhode Island. They lost the LaSalle game, like we mentioned. They squeaked by Richmond. I think this team is different outside of UD Arena. I, I really do. So I, I don't 
I still think that in a tournament situation that Oshun will be able to lock down Deron Holmes. I, I think Deron Holmes is very good. I don't think he's all the way there yet. I, I think he will be incredible next season, but he yeah. needs one more year, I think, to bake. Yeah, I think he'll come back and have a you know a ten player of the year type thing next year. I think Dayton will get next season you know a top six seed maybe in the NCAA tournament if everyone comes back. But then I think he'll go pro. Really, like he's yeah. that good. I think he'll play his sophomore year and go pro. Um, he's just has that NBA. Uh, you can just kind of see it. You know, it, you can tell sometimes with guys. You can just tell, and I think. I think he's headed to the league in, you know, a little over a year. Um, playing VCU, your third game in three days is a tough, tough task. Like, I'm not sure how it would have went last season if we didn't have that week in between. Um, I think that was a huge, huge help for us. But VCU sure. is... Everyone, if you're listening to this, you know like what style VCU plays, and they have one of the best defenses in the league. They have a top 100 tempo. They like to turn you over. We match up, I think, pretty well with them because we don't really turn it over. Uh, Lofton is phenomenal at taking care of the ball. Our guys play really smart basketball, um, and you saw it with Marquette. You've seen it with VCU. Presses don't really phase us. There are times, like even when we had Adams and Mobley. I remember the Syracuse game at Syracuse. It seemed like the press just completely crippled us and we had no clue what to do and we panicked and they just got right back into it. That's not the case with this Lofton led team. All these guys know how to handle the ball. They take care of it. Um, Attaway never hardly ever turns it over. Uh, and I think we match up okay with VCU. I really do. And I think Oshun down low will have a, a pretty big advantage um, when VCU has the ball because their bigs yeah. aren't they're not great offensively, you know? Yeah, I, I don't I don't get worried about Vince Williams. I The only thing that worries me about VCU is their depth because, like you said, I think Oshun has the matchup down low. I think Lofton's better than Ace Baldwin. And then really it just comes down to do we get into foul trouble? Does Oshun aggravate his ankle after three days on, on, mm-hmm. on the third game? And then they have the layup line again. I yeah I I think all things being equal all everybody being injured I still think that we're a significantly better team than VCU yeah and we when we hammered VCU in the Riley Center we beat them by twenty yeah but we were only six of twenty one from three we shot under thirty percent from three in that game and we still beat them by twenty this isn't like a team that you have to keep up with from the perimeter you know like we. We can have a, a little bit of an off night from three and still find a way to win. We did that because Attaway played the best game, I think, of any player that we've we've had this season. I think that was the best individual performance we've had. He had 25 points. He was phenomenal. Um, it'll take maybe an effort like that or a, a combined effort maybe from a couple guys. But, you know, it's not a team that we necessarily have to shoot lights out to keep up with. No, not at all. Um Anybody else that you want to talk about? Yeah, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Um, if it's not VCU or Dayton in the finals, who, who's your pick to get there? Is it obviously Richmond, or don't you think Richmond can go three wins in a row? I think Richmond could get there. 
I mean, I, I think they're they're good enough too. You don't. It, it's just a, it depends on what Richmond shows up because Richmond, you know, we've yeah. seen them be absolutely terrible, or we've seen Tyler Burton put up thirty something against us, and like I think he has enough talent to take them to the final. I think he could beat BCU and Dayton almost single handedly, but that's what it's going to have to take out of them. Mm-hmm. Now, so I I don't see I don't see George Washington and UMass running unless unless umass is trying to rally for matt mccall's job and trying to you know make this like a movie ending (laughs) and and then you know bamford is like you know what i wasted curry hicks sage's time enough we're gonna bring back matt mccall which would be all time (laughs) hilarious if after all like sage's nonsense yeah (laughs) if they they brought back mccall but i don't want to run (laughs) yeah yeah I think that George Washington UMass game is kind of pointless. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Rhode Island, I, maybe it's reputation on the name, but like the McKell, the, the Mitchell brothers are really good. Maybe, maybe it happens. I don't know. They got, they got um, Kyat Elamine's uh, kid on the team and mm-hmm. UConn once went five games in five days. So maybe <laughs> that's, that's not actual analysis, but. It's so funny to me. I did the top 50 players in the A-10. I'll be putting it out in my visual preview. So I have 50 guys on the sheet, right? It looks like a lot of faces. Um, Mikel and Makai Mitchell are right next to each other. No way. Mikel Mitchell was a (laughs) 6.44, and Makai was a 6.37. Like, Not only are they identical twins, but their games are also identical, and they have been playing at the exact same level this entire season. It's pretty funny. That's insane. Yeah. Oh my god. I like that. They're just right next they're right next to each other because they have almost the exact same score. It's it's pretty cool. Um but other than them, yeah, I mean Jeremy Shepard and Antoine Walker Jr. have been okay this season, but I don't see them maybe getting past Richmond like we talked about. Yeah. That third game in three days against VCU, no chance. So if you want VCU to get eliminated early before potentially seeing us Sunday. That Richmond game is our best chance, and that's not too bad of a chance. It's a really big rivalry. Anything could happen in that one. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, it's in D.C., so hopefully Richmond gets a good contingent there to compete with all the Peppas and mm-hmm. all their all their crew. Any Speaking of D.C., any final thoughts? Um, you're heading down, right? I'm heading down Thursday night. What are you kind of excited for just in general? First time being at a real A-10 championship in almost three years yeah it's been three years you and i went to dayton for the final last year but it it wasn't quite the same it was still a wonderful time but it wasn't the same like we had you and i had like bartenders yelling at us to put our masks on in the yeah like it it was a different vibe that's not the a10 tournament spirit really like the a10 tournament unless the bonnies are in the ncaa tournament the atlantic 10 tournament is my favorite weekend of the year it's so cool. Yes. Uh, you got all these different fans from everywhere. They're all wearing their gear. It's just, it's such a fun atmosphere. I think DC was my least favorite by far of all the places I've been to for the tournament. Yeah. Um, Atlantic City was really fun. It was just a free for all. Brooklyn has been great. Uh, going Pittsburgh back to was that, okay. Yeah. Go yeah. I, I thought Pittsburgh was nice, but going back to what you just said about DC being kind of the worst in recent memory. I agree because if you go back to that Dayton game or Davidson game that we played on, on in the semifinals in 2018, for quite a few of us who will remember, they weren't checking tickets for like the first five minutes of the actual game. And 
people were left on the concourse trying to get to our seats. And like I, I got stuck because even though I got to the game like a half hour or so beforehand, I I went like 15 minutes before the game mm-hmm. to go, you know, get drinks and food and stuff. And I try to go back to my seat and they wouldn't even check the tickets. And then after that, the following year in 2019 is when they started that open seating plan where you have like the the general admission sections, the fan yep. zone, things like that. So that yep. catastrophe, no catastrophe, that nonsense <laughs> is yep. what created the current A10 seating situation. So, you know, now oh, really? that we have that in place, you know, hopefully that gets squared away for us fans, right? Yeah, that that was the main issue. It was really like the the overly strict security or like ticket takers. But it wasn't even getting... Sh- they, it wasn't even strict. They just weren't even checking. But like, where anyway. I was sitting, I remember them like they were getting mad because we were cheering, like yelling loud and cheering. It, we weren't swearing. We weren't inappropriate. We like someone hit a three. Jalen Adams hit a three and we were screaming and yelling and they were like giving us dirty looks, telling us to settle. Like it just wasn't yeah. the greatest environment. But um, I think it'll... I. I would imagine they got a lot of complaints that weekend. I think it'll be fine this year. Um, happy to get back to DC. Doesn't seem like that was as many years ago as it was. Honestly, it, did. it seems like it was like two years ago. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Going down Thursday night. Got a place the same block as the arena for the game. We got a suite with a bunch of friends. Uh, that'll be pretty fun and nice. You get to go around and, and do some sightseeing. Hopefully, it's a nice weekend. But yeah, I if if we can put together a historic, awesome, memorable weekend in DC and couple that with how awesome Charleston was, this season will will be a, a big success. Yeah, I think so. Do you want to do a final forecast for people going down to DC? Ooh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. This is your final, final forecast. We are giving you the weather for Friday at the Atlantic 10 Tournament. It's going to be a pretty nice day. We got noon on the USA Network. We will have Davidson taking on the winner of Fordham and George Mason at noon in Washington, D.C. It's going to be 52 and partly cloudy. Six mile per hour winds, only 3% chance of precipitation, 61% humidity. That will take us to uh, the 230 game. That is your St. Bonaventure Bonnies playing the winner of St. Louis and either LaSalle or St. Joe's at 230. When all you drunk Bonna fans are heading to Capital One Arena, it will be (laughs) 59 and partly cloudy. That will end the afternoon session, and that will take us into evening in the nation's capital where the Dayton Flyers at 6 o'clock, again on the USA Network, will take on the winner of George Washington, the home team, or the Massachusetts Amherst Minutemen. Yep. At 6 o'clock that evening in D.C., it will still be 59 and partly cloudy. Zero change in the weather from 2.30 to 6 o'clock. Taking us to the nightcap, VCU at 8.30 will take on the winner of Richmond or Rhode Island and Duquesne. That could be a big rivalry game at 8.30 in D.C. It will be back down to 52 and partly cloudy. So we got 52 degrees, 
then up to 59, 59, and then back down to 52. Partly cloudy all day. If you look ahead to Saturday, it's going to be a rainy one. 52 degrees, 90% chance of precipitation throughout the day. So if the Bonnies are playing on CBS Sports at 1 o'clock on Saturday, it's going to be 40 and rainy. Kind of nasty on Saturday, but then championship Sunday, the sun will come back. No precipitation. It'll be mid-40s. That mid-40s and sunny weather is a 10 tournament weather in my opinion. Yes. And that has been your final forecast brought to you by co-sponsors Aladdin's Castle and Poppy's VHS store. Nice. I love it. I'll see you down there. If you guys are going to be down there, go ahead and tweet at us at X at SB Unfurled. If you haven't already subscribed to us on your favorite podcast platform, go ahead and do it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. Maybe there's other ones that I haven't even mentioned. Go ahead and search for us on there. Rate us, review, do all the good stuff that gives us love if you got us on your certain podcast and you haven't done it. And we will see you all hopefully down in D.C. And hopefully afterwards we can do a little NCAA tournament preview. That was the goal from the beginning of the season. That was the expectation. It isn't over yet. We're more than in this Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And have a safe trip down if you're listening to us while you're driving or flying or however you're getting there. And if not, hey, enjoy the games at home. Thank you. Yeah.